Welcome into Locked on Sox. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Andrew Vaughn. We'll be recapping the two spring training games from yesterday, Thursday, March 17th. And we'll talk about the White Sox and Michael Conforto and the tricky idea of paying somebody $100 million here on Locked on Sox. You are Locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Lockdown Socks. Thank you for making Lockdown White Socks your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there at Lockdown Socks or by searching Lockdown White Socks. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I've been the host of Lockdown Socks for over four months now. It's been a fun wild ride being able to talk to you about the White Sox day in and day out. I'm also a content creator over at CHGO. I'm pumping out the White Sox content, and it's fun talking about our team. It's our team every single day, and that's the important thing about Locked On. Uh, we're trying to keep you updated, informed, entertained in a quick, succinct fashion. So today on Locked On, White Sox will be talking about the White Sox first spring training games, that split squad games out in Arizona against the Cubs. They won both of them. What was important from that game? We'll talk about it here on Locked On Sox. We'll also talk about Andrew Vaughn's 2021. I think he probably is the most important sock in 2022. If he has a big year, the Sox will have a big year. And, uh, you know, he's he's a real a linchpin of this team. So we'll talk about him. And, you know, I think that there's some interesting numbers from 2021 that could get you excited about Andrew Vaughn. And then finally, we'll talk about the White Sox and a $100 million contract. They have never given $100 million to a player. And I think they're at the point where they need to, and they need to reach out to one of the right fielders that are still on the market and lock them down. And I think that means going over $100 million in total for salary. So we'll discuss all of that here on Locked on White Sox. Before we jump in, thank you for making Locked on White Sox your first listen each and every day. Locked on MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now let's start off with the first game. We'll go out to the one that took place in Sloan Park. The Cubs hosted the White Sox in that game, the spring training game, The White Sox put on the bump Kyle Kubat. He went two innings pitched, zero hits, zero earned runs with 1K. The Cubs threw out starter Kyle Hendricks. He went two innings, gave up three hits, allowed one earned run, and struck out two. The big thing in the Hendricks innings, the two Hendricks innings, was uh, a shout-out to Jermaine Mercedes, who was leading off. He went two for four for the Sox. He was their DH yesterday at Sloan Park. And uh, the one thing that your mean Mercedes showed last year and he's continuing to show is if it's not over 94 miles per hour, he's a pretty damn good hitter. Uh, he, he can serve soft tossing, breaking balls, off-speed pitches left and right. And, and he, he showed that against Kyle Hendricks, a former you know top pitcher in his league. And, you know, just tossed and served a pitch, very your mean style, other way, and just, you know, wasn't absolutely smashed. He just got wood on it, and, you know, your mean could load up and absolutely hit bombs. We saw that against the Royals, like 451 feet. But he also, you know, early on in the season, was just raking. And against the Angels, he was just serving the ball where he was able to put it. And he didn't really show the struggles against velocity there. Uh, and that's why, you know, the Yerminator became the Yerminator. I, there's still potential with your mean. I don't know if it's with the White Sox. 
Uh, maybe another team will take a shot on him. But, you know, seeing him produce in spring training only helps the White Sox because they need trade pieces or they need pieces that other teams will find valuable. And I think that there's something there with your mean Mercedes. Uh, we were talking with Josh Nelson uh, on our CHGO podcast yesterday, and he mentioned that uh, the, the Rays, you know, saw a similar profile in, in Yandy Diaz. Um, and, and they had him on uh, his their roster for a long time. And, you know, if, if the Rays are able to see it in Yandy Diaz and, you know, they might see it in, in your mean Mercedes, maybe, you know, there, there's a trade partner out there for the White Sox. It might not be the Rays, but, you know, maybe one of these teams that are trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel, they're trying to use all of their payroll, you know, they'd take a shot uh, on your mean Mercedes. Maybe the Pirates feel the same way. There's now a DH in the National League. So your mean hitting in spring training only means good things for the Chicago White Sox. Also in this game, Zach Collins went 0 for 2. He struck out in four pitches against Kyle Hendricks. Micah Adolfo hit a Bam! Against the uh, Chicago Cubs yesterday, he went one for three. He also struck out two times, uh, and also Cherizi from the 108. I thought gave a very fitting description for Adolfo. Uh, it feels like he's swinging a hundred-pound bat because his bat isn't like quick. Um, it's not really sharp, uh, but he he loads up a lot of power in that damn thing. I, I mean, he's swinging some big wood, uh, and it showed off uh, when he got a, a hold of it. Uh, the ball went far. Uh, and also in this game, uh, Luis Mies, Mieses, uh, he's a first base prospect. Uh, he's connected very recently uh, with Eloy Jimenez and has said that Eloy's been a great, great influence in his life. He had a big game. He went two for three. Uh, he did strike out, but he had a triple, and it was a, a nice show of speed and power there uh, for Luis Mieses. And uh, he's a, a prospect that's on the, the come up for the White Sox. Uh, he's, he's, I don't think he's top 15. Uh, just yet. I think he's his highest level is double A at, at the current moment. Um, so him just showing something is, is interesting. He's a left-handed bat. So uh, good to see there. And then Oscar Colas also made his uh, White Sox debut. He drove in a run with a sack fly. So a uh, big day there. And uh, Yolbert Sanchez also hit a double. Um, and, and, and Brian Ramos, uh, one of the, the, the other top 25 prospects for the White Sox, he hit a home run. Uh, so, you know, it was a good day for the White Sox. They won in Sloan Park 4-3. to three. Those are the big performers. Uh, Yermin, Adolfo, uh, and then I'll say Ramos because uh, he had the homer there. But uh, this is some nice showing, some nice offensive output from the Sox in that game. Seven hits uh, and in a 4-3 win. And then the White Sox also hosted a game in that game. Wes Benjamin got the start for the White Sox, and then uh, the Cubs threw out Ben Holmes. And you also saw some big leaguers in this game. You saw Andrew Vaughn. He's a big leaguer. He played in this game. Gavin Sheets, he's a big leaguer. He played in this game. Uh, Jake Berger, I'd say that he's close to a big leaguer. Uh, he, he played in this game. You also saw Dwight Smith Jr. He is a former big leaguer with the Baltimore Orioles. Romy Gonzalez played in this game, and also Sebi Zavala played in this game. Um, and some, you know, bigger, interesting names when it comes to prospects. Jose Rodriguez is, was, was in this game. Uh, you also had Zach Remillard was in this game. And then, most importantly, Yolki Cespedes was in this game. And pitching-wise, uh, Liam Hendricks was in there. Let's start there. Uh, let's start with the pitching. Wes Benjamin went two innings pitched, allowed two hits, one earned run, one walk, and one K. Uh, he's a lefty. Showed, you know, not great command. Uh, I didn't really, I wasn't really wowed by Wes Benjamin, uh, but he was relieved by Liam Hendricks, and Liam Hendricks uh, gave up some pretty big contact, a lot of uh, outfield balls. One was driven almost to the center field fence. I'm not worried about it, but it's just nice to see Liam Hendricks get out there. Nice to see him pitch. Uh, I always like watching him pitch, and, uh, you know, it's just more about getting work in. I'm not really 
concerned about what Liam Hendricks is going to do, especially based off of spring training. Uh, but it was nice to see Liam Hendricks out there. And the big story coming out from the White Sox uh, game when they hosted the Cubs, you had Zach Remillard hit a home run. You had Yoki Cespedes hit a home run, and it was a bomb as well. I mean, he hit that one much further than anyone hit a home run yesterday for the White Sox. And then the first one was Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn hit a pop fly, and it went out. And uh, it barely got over the fence, uh, but they count. All of them count. As long as it goes over the fence, it's a home run. And Andrew Vaughn's a very interesting piece. I'm very excited to talk about his future. And I got a lot of interesting stats to bring to you. But before we jump into that, I got to mention our friends over at Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs yet? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bar. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. These are low in calorie, high in protein, and you could replace your candy bars with these. These are better, and you know if you're looking for something to replace those unhealthy snacks, Built Bars are low in calorie, high in protein, and they taste delicious. That is Built's MO. That is Built's really, you know, true selling point is that they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And let me tell you, they do taste delicious. They have all these great flavors. So go to built.com to check out what is new there. Go to built.com, use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Andrew Vaughn hit a home run in yesterday's spring training game. And let's talk about Andrew Vaughn because he's an interesting piece for the White Sox. I mentioned Josh Nelson yesterday, and we had an interesting conversation going back and forth. And he mentioned how the White Sox really rely on their top players to hit their 60 percentile of performance. And uh, to give you a little bit of background on that, uh, we've talked on this uh, podcast before about Zip's projections. That's Dan Zimborski's projection model for fan graphs. And in that, there's you know a range. It tries to put together all of what a player is projected to do through their career and through the sample size that we have, and it gives you a percentile. So if you're, you know, have a 10th percentile season, you had one of your worst possible seasons. Maybe that's injuries, maybe that's a, a big regression. If you hit the 90th percentile, you are well overperforming your, uh, your, your expectations. 50 percentile is basically where you're expected to be. And what he talked about was, you know, they expect Jose Breu, Juan Moncada, Tim Anderson, Yasmani Grandal, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez to perform at that 60th percentile. They want them to perform 10% better than they're expected to. And, you know, it is difficult to hear that just because you feel that if the White Sox were just a little bit more aggressive and they weren't relying on these guys to have career years every year and they were a little bit more secure in spending money, you know, right field would get a little bit more secure and you have two young guys who need the at-bats but also need a little bit of protection in Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Vaughn can't hit right-handers extremely effectively right now and Gavin Sheets, I don't think he can hit left-handers <laughs> extremely effectively right now. And not only are you going to have them go up against major league pitching, a very difficult task, but you're also then putting them out of position in right field, uh, you know, two first basemen, natural first basemen out in right field. And if the Sox just went out and spent some money on a right fielder, they could really put time and effort into developing 
Vaughn and Sheets as hitters. And I'm interested in Vaughn playing the field, but also I think that he'd be fine and a pretty natural at first base. And at some point, Jose Abreu will retire. We'll talk about that next week uh, because he did make some interesting comments this week, Jose Abreu, about his future. But with Vaughn, I don't understand how the White Sox aren't going all in on him. And I feel like they are, and that's why he'll play right field this year <laughs> for the White Sox. I think your right fielders will be Engel, Vaughn, and Sheets, but the more and more I look at it, the more and more I would love this kid to just be our DH. I, I do think that he brings a very unique style of play uh, uh, to the game. I really do love his patience and his maturity as a hitter. I know the White Sox really do love that. Uh, they, they, they love rushing people up to the major leagues. Uh, Garrett Crochet, Andrew Vaughn, uh, Chris Sale even. Uh, they, they they do like a, a quick and, and easy turnaround. Nick Magical also played pretty quickly for the White Sox. And looking at Vaughn, playing under 100 minor league games in his career, um, being forced into a playoff team uh, the, the past year, I do think that if Vaughn is ready, if Vaughn has built up his body for 162, um, I think that he could be the White Sox like third best hitter this year. And looking back at his stats from 2021, there's a lot of interesting things that stick out to me. I really loved his patience. I really loved his power. And I really loved his ability to not have bad at-bats. Um, you know, everyone has their bad at-bats. But consistently, I wouldn't say Vaughn, you know, Vaughn could take four good at-bats if he got four at-bats in a game. And looking back on Vaughn's stats, uh, very interesting to see how close he compares to Perry Bonds' rookie year. Uh, and it's obviously different. Bonds is playing center field. And Bonds is, you know, stealing 37 bags. But if you look at just their power numbers and their hitting numbers, Barry Bonds in his rookie year hit 16 home runs. Andrew Vaughn hit 15. Barry Bonds hit 26 doubles. Andrew Vaughn hit 22. Barry Bonds walked 65 times. Vaughn walked 41. Bonds struck out 102 times. Vaughn struck out 101. And it's not completely fair. Bonds did end up having more plate appearances uh, than Andrew Vaughn. And I think that Bonds got a little bit more run. And again, you know, Barry Bonds is Barry fucking Bonds, so I'm not trying to you know, compare Vaughn to the greatest baseball player, but it is just interesting to see that you know, a guy that turned into the most patient player in MLB history had a very similar output uh, to Andrew Vaughn in his, his rookie year. And again, this is Andrew Vaughn who didn't play a ton of minor league games. And then you look at more of an expanded look and you see that you know, Vaughn wasn't ready to play a full 162 and they're was a tweet yesterday from Chuck Garfine, and he said he spoke to Andrew Vaughn, and he said the biggest takeaway from last year was getting used to the grind of 162. He had never done it before, and he's back tightened up in August and September. He strengthened his core this offseason to help with that. And you look back, and when Vaughn might have started getting hurt, and the last extra base hit that he had in 2021 was on August 19th. He went from August 20th to, to, to October 3rd without having an extra base hit. He just wasn't fully there. So if you look back at those Bond stats, 22 doubles and, and 15 home runs, that's through his first 105 games. And then he just battled it out for the rest of the year. And that was you know, very bold of Andrew Vaughn, uh, very risky of the White Sox too to, to push him like that. But Vaughn showed a lot of promise in those first 105 games. And I was looking back, since 1995, there are 18 players who in their first 105 career games had 15 home runs. 20 doubles and 30 walks. Uh, Andrew, Albert Pujols led the league or led the list uh, with the highest OPS with 
983. Jose Abreu was up there. Pete Alonso, Juan, Juan Soto, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Evan Longoria, uh, Ledmi Diaz, Eric Hinsky, Mike Yastrzemski, uh, Jody Garut, Dan Ugla, Dan Johnson, Marty Cordova, Pat Burrell, Vlad Guerrero, uh, and then Andrew Vaughn, Eric Hosmer, and Ike Davis. So you know, pretty interesting company. Uh, you know, there are the Ike Davises, there are the Eric Hosmers, there are the Marty Cordovas and Dan Johnson, Jody Garutz, but you also have Evan Longoria, Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Pete Alonzo, Jose Abreu, Albert Pujols, and a guy that was very close, at least to him OPS-wise, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Now, hey, he doesn't have the arm that Vlad Guerrero Jr. does, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. was a, a monster in those corner outfields. But if Vaughn's position is first base or DH, you know, I think there is the framework to him turning into one of those guys that just every single at-bat is a hellacious nightmare. <laughs> I think that Vaughn has so much potential, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he performs in 2022. If he has one of those 60th percentile seasons that the White Sox hope that Abreu, Anderson, Robert, Mancata, and uh, Eloy have, you know, if Vaughn's performing over his 60th percentile, and he might even perform like over his 70th percentile just because expectations are low, um, the White Sox might have a real dangerous effing lineup. So it's interesting to watch. And I think that if you're, if you're looking for something uh, to have hope in, it might not be the White Sox signing a $100 million contract with Michael Conforto, but it might be Andrew Vaughn having a big year because I do think that he's got a ton of talent. And I'd, I'd even bet on it. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow, encourages you to find inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. So you want a $100 million right fielder. We are now looking at the right field free agent market, arguably the biggest need for the White Sox this offseason. We talked about it with Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. Yes, their bats are proven, and their bats would be really nice at a DH position, but those are two first basemen playing in right field. And the White Sox, you know, they might have a capable outfielder in Adam Engel, but the biggest concern with him is health. Can he stay healthy for 162 games? I don't know if he can. And if this team has true World Series aspirations, they need to get a big league right fielder. However, the market's getting real thin, and it's getting thinner and thinner by the day. Chris Bryant signed with the Colorado Rockies, $182 million contract over seven years. Other players on the market who have signed, Kyle Schwarber signed for $89 million for four years with the Philadelphia Phillies. Seiya Suzuki signed for $85 million for five years with the Chicago Cubs. And Nicholas Castellanos is now in talks or serious talks with the Philadelphia Phillies. So if you look at all of those names, and even Eddie Rosario went to the Braves for $18, for $2 million, or $18 million for two years, the only names that are left for right field that are true starting right fielders are Michael Conforto and Jorge Soler. 
And I don't think that Soler makes a lot of sense. He's a right-handed bat, big power guy, high strikeout guy, low OBP. I just think that he is not the right fit for the White Sox. I don't think he's patient enough. I think he's too hit or miss. You're better off just taking a gamble on Mike Rodolfo because it's almost the same thing. Soler did hit 40 home runs, and Mike Rodolfo has not had a full MLB season, so maybe it's not the same thing. It's more of a shot, but there is a lot of volatility with Jorge Soler. So the conversation then becomes, do you want to pay Michael Conforto? And I think he's going to get more than Kyle Schwarber. I think he's going to get more than Seiya Suzuki. And those guys are pushing close to $100 million. And we're speaking with Josh Nelson yesterday. And he mentioned that Jose Abreu is the only player to, I think, make a lifetime amount of money over $100 million with the White Sox. But he's made about 110 over nine years with the White Sox, which is a pretty good steal for what Jose Abreu has given you over those nine years. But the White Sox have never signed a player to a $100 million contract. And it's looking like that if Conforto signs, it will be anywhere in the range of $19.5 million a year to $22.5 million a year. And I just don't know if that's the White Sox game. If they give him $20 million a year for five years, that's $100 million. It just doesn't feel like they're going to do it. I feel like they have a number for Conforto, and they had a number with Machado, and those numbers clearly were too different, and Maddie ends up being in, in San Diego. And the number, I think, ended up being 275 compared to $300 million. So the White Sox were $25 million off. So, you know, if, if we're looking at a five-year deal for Michael Conforto, are the Sox at $75 million right now? Are, are the Sox at $85 million right now? Because the last thing that Scott Boris is going to want to do is have Michael Conforto, his client, sign for anything less than what Chris Bryant just signed. Chris Bryant has an MVP. Chris Bryant's a former Rookie of the Year. Chris Bryant's a World Series champion, right? Uh, him making $26 million isn't crazy and he's got positional flexibility i mean he's got the ability to play right field left field first base and third base working Fordo is a mainly an outfielder he could play center he could play right he could play left um, right is probably his best position but he doesn't have the accolades he doesn't have the allure of a first you know well, i guess number two overall pick like bryant does and say suzuki is unproven conforto over his past five years has been a well above average hitter. He's OPS plus above 125. The White Sox need that in right field. The White Sox have not had big production season by season in right field. But it, again, it's looking like if they want to sign him, they're going to need to go over that $100 million mark. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more White Sox content that I create, uh, the less and less confident that I get that the White Sox will be spending $100 million this year. So if you want the White Sox to get Michael Conforto, make a donation, write to your senator, write to your local general manager, Rick Hahn, because unless fan support is saying, I'm not supporting the team unless they sign Michael Conforto, I think you're going to see Adam Engel, Andrew Vaughn, and Gavin Sheets in right field for the White Sox in 2022. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Our next episode is the Monday Mailbag. Call in 312-566-8727 or by writing in at LockdownSox at gmail.com. Now make your second listen Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sean Anderson, and I will talk to you on Monday here on Lockdown Sox. Lockdown Sox.